We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. What up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to the Corner Podcast, episode three this week, also the third episode in self-quarantine. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. By now, you guys should know that, and hopefully you guys are listening to us as you are self-quarantined in your crib, because it looks like we're in this for the long haul, but hopefully you guys enjoyed both our MMA and boxing episode as well as our hip-hop episode and doing those like little unique things every week. So those are going to be fun going forward. We'll see how much MMA and boxing we have to talk about. We might have to start talking about like old classic shit, but that'll also be dope. We'll, we'll find a way to make it happen. This week, though, and it looks like for the time being, we'll have plenty of wrestling to talk about. So our show today is jam-packed. Old man, it, it starts off on a sour note though. Wrestling with stereotypes has been postponed, and we, you know we say that because it's something we're looking forward to putting on. But a lot of other independents, you know, are kind of hurting right now too because their shows got canceled or postponed in Tampa, and the industry as a whole is taking a hit. 
All right, that's me popping my drink because hey. I'm indoors. Cheers. Hey. I got the white claw open. Cheers. I've got a truly orange right now. Look, oh, that's nice. people that don't like the uh, the sparkling joints, you got to get with the program. I mean, you're about to be indoors for the next however long. There's no way unless you got a home gym that you're really going to be working out. So I suggest drinking like low calorie, low carb liquor options. This is one of them. White, you know, white claws, Trulies, the Bud Light Seltzers. I stocked up on those something serious. Um, but on, on the real note, it's uh, yeah. I mean, the other shoe was bound to drop. We kind of knew it when this thing started going around that uh, a lot of stuff was going to be canceled and uh, or postponed. So, yeah, no wrestling with stereotypes. I mean, the entire collective, uh, I know Brett from GCW very well. And it's really unfortunate because they put everything they had into getting those shows together. And uh, so ours is just one of many. And a lot of guys like Chris Bay had maybe like seven or eight shows booked. And Joey Janela and, you know, Shingo Takagi was flying over to do a bunch of shows. So it sucks man a lot of me people aren't gonna get paid it was like that's like tax return season in pro wrestling because you get to do so many shows in such a small window and just collect all those checks and then go home sell a bunch of merchandise um but i'm glad i mean i'm glad that you know that they're planning to uh schedule it at a later date it kind of sucks for who was that was it wrestlecon or was it high spots had to deal with that marriott situation that was total bullshit who was that (laughs) <laughs> um, well, they tried to charge him everything. Yeah. I was like, "Come on, dude, relax." WrestleCon, but it might have been WrestleCon had to do. Yeah, with it that. was WrestleCon. Yeah. So everybody's trying to reschedule. So yes, we will be doing Wrestling with Stereotypes three. It is going to happen. We just don't know when. And those of you that bought tickets that were coming to see us, we appreciate the support. Just listen to the podcast. Stay with us. We'll still talk our shit. We'll still do our thing, but this thing is going to happen. Hopefully, we'll still have the same panelists. It just depends on the location. We have no idea, so don't ask me anything right now because there are much bigger things at hand than wrestling with stereotypes that need to take place before we can move forward, but it will happen again. Of course. Again, this whole thing wrapped up into a, a nice little nutshell here is this shit ain't stopping none of us. I understand it's doom and gloom. It's the beginning. Tough times are ahead. But there will be an end to it. There is a future. It might be a little bit different. Um, we saw that in other aspects, 9-11 and, you know, just going further back. I mean, you think of, you know, Korean War and Vietnam War and people coming home and keep going just throughout history. We as a people have gone through some shit. We will be okay. So this isn't stopping anything for us we're still podcasting we're doing this three times a week from the crib i will find ways to make everyone included in this uh trust i will take time out i got nothing but time between working now and we will have another fan appreciation episode so you guys can call in i'll you know talk to you guys about uh wrestling where the state of combat sports is hip-hop whatever we're gonna do a bunch of fun cool stuff to pass the time so uh we're here for you guys we appreciate you guys being here for us. It is great. We love it. Thank you, guys. But now, what we came to talk about, and that is wrestling. So let's start with Tampa and the main event down there, of course, WrestleMania, being moved to the Performance Center, not being canceled. It's been announced that there it's going to be a two-day event like Wrestle Kingdom was. I don't expect it to be as good as Wrestle Kingdom, but... I feel like that's a good kicking off point. Dre, what are your expectations for WrestleMania? 
Slim to none. Um, I mean, I it could only be good then. It could only surpass this, your expectations. Yeah, hopefully. But I mean, this entire. I said it before, the entire build of WrestleMania was already trash, right? So now we had this come up, and now they, they moved to the Performance Center, which is mind-boggling because what is WrestleMania without the pyro, the high-end production? Um, it's like the Avengers doing the movie without CGI and everybody going pew, pew. Like, that's what WrestleMania is going to be like in the PC. I just can't. Like, I, I watched Raw and SmackDown, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, and NXT, which was really nothing. And I was trying to picture, like, oh, man, that Roman Reigns entrance. It's going to be nothing. The Undertaker's entrance. Nothing. This is, I can't imagine. That, how can you do this without the spectacle? Just call it something else. I don't get no, it. I don't, even, I don't I, know why they're doing this. I think what's going to be unique is that this will go down in wrestling history, WrestleMania history, no different than WrestleMania 1. WrestleMania, what was that, 4? When they went to, like, Detroit and went crazy like two. It was the first and it was two. terrible in the stadium again was trash it was but it it stands out right so it there's these things that stand out over time this will be one of those that's why you don't change the name it's like a mark in Wrestlemania history and I got to thinking my expectations aren't high right like a lot of those names you just mentioned you look at Goldberg he's not going to deliver a good match Undertaker is not going to deliver a good match there's some people on the card who aren't going to deliver. That's true. But if you're going to put everyone there together and it looks like you're going to put on two four-hour shows and split them, which might be a good blueprint going forward, you know your limitations. You know your handicaps. You can't do the grand entrances. You can do some. We saw AW prove that, right? They had pyro. They had a good look of production, and we'll talk about that later in their empty arena show. You, you have these things and you know what you can do. You know where you're kind of handcuffed. I'm wondering, outside of the old men in, what, three or four matches, we've seen stuff like PWG, right? Small venues, small arena. We've seen New Japan go and, and do some of these, what, Road to Duntaku. Like, there's these weird little shows that they do in damn near gymnasiums. Half if not two-thirds of the WWE roster has come through these type of indie promotions, why wouldn't they just scale back and say, you know what, let's do what we can do and let's wrestle for the first time in a long time. Why don't we just have this shit look like PWG? Why don't we let these guys do what they've done before? So we'll have the five-minute Goldberg match. We'll have the Taker you know, six-minute match, and we'll find a way to make the performance center look doom and gloom. But outside of those matches, why not let Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens just go for it? Why not let that shit feel like PWG? Why not let Sami Zayn, who's Intercontinental Champion, actually have one hell of a match? Why not do this again and say, you know what? Fuck it. We're lucky to have anything. Let's showcase wrestling. Because that, at its core, is now what we have to offer. Because Vincent Kennedy McMahon is driving the bus. That's But you handicapped him, though. You took away his ability to do the bullshit. Who took away his ability? Corona. <laughs> the the Rona I mean, took away his ability. Away. 
No, there's Listen. no fans to pander to. There's no mega entrances. The, okay, you have Gronk hosting it, but you that's it in terms of the big spectacle. There is no spectacle without fans. All the stuff he usually caters to is taken away. The only thing you have left is pro wrestling. Go and do it. Have you heard this before? Have you heard this one before? Vincent Kennedy McMahon makes the show for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He's never pandered to the fans, if you haven't noticed. Everyone has said that. (laughs) What was the thing? You're performing for an audience of one, right? That was like the latest quote? Yeah, so it's that's why it's not like if Vince isn't entertained, there's no point in it. And he's not entertained by wrestling. He's entertained by sports entertainment. So all the rest like I mean, this is the guy who said, Don't get me wrong, there have been some really bad WrestleMania matches. Oh, and yeah. Jericho and Owens wasn't among the greatest, but he said it was one of the worst matches he had seen. Do you remember that? He said yeah. Jericho and Owens was that and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that great, but for him to say as, as many shitty matches as he's seen and, and put that there, <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit about wrestling. He gives a shit about entertainment. And when you give him, this is basically his own sandbox because he doesn't have to worry about people booing. Like, he doesn't have to do anything to make people cheer for Roman Reigns. He's, ma- he's going to manufacture this the way that he wants it to in his vision with no cheers, no boos, no nothing. It's, a, it's really an audience of one. I can't I, see this being entertaining. I mean, I, I think it'll have its moments, but I think it'll be more of a... Dude, Rob Gronkowski is hosting WrestleMania. Have Did anybody watch Rob Gronkowski host New Year's Eve and spike the Steve Harvey Lego head? This is who you're going to have hosting WrestleMania. Come on, man. This I did not watch rant. that, but it's probably not the greatest thing in the world. No, I, he, he talks like he, he can't even talk. He sounds like he's drunk half the time, which he probably was. And then, I mean, I'm sure you saw the clip where he spiked the Steve Harvey Lego head and pissed Steve Harvey the the hell off. Like, this is the guy that's going to be, like, it's not New Day. It's not, it's not somebody who knows how to cater to an audience. It's Gronk. Gronk don't talk. I mean, this, this has the, I mean, what is there, seven matches right now? And they're doing it for two days. And, you know, like, a lot of the matches that you have suck. I mean, there's, there's at least like, three that can't go over 10 minutes, at least. Right. Three. So you take away the Undertaker entrance. So the Styles Undertaker match is what? Five minutes? At least. The, the, and like, Almost. I mean, the more you think about this, this Goldberg Roman Reigns match is really bad. It's just oh, yeah. there's no way this can be good. It's no. not Brock. Like, I know people's like, what about Lesnar? Lesnar, for all the shit people give Lesnar. He is truly one of the most unique and greatest performers we have ever seen because he does things that nobody else can do. A lot of times he just goes into autopilot because that's what Vince probably wants him to do. But there's an energy when Lesnar wrestles that's unparalleled. Yeah. Roman Reigns doesn't have that gear and Goldberg definitely doesn't. So you go into that match, you're like, with no crowd either? Like, that's going to be he's, tough. He's going to do that hip toss jackhammer shit? Oh, man. Do they copy AEW and do the, which we talked about this last week, where I think I mentioned NXT did this for one of their shows, and they just put the wrestlers in the crowd, as the crowd. So you have someone to pop. I mean, AEW did it so well, and we'll talk about that. (laughs) They they were great with it. I think think it would be wise to do that, but I don't think this is going to, I don't even think this really crossed his mind. Like... There's, like, I think 
Me, we've talked about this in the group chat. If there was any time to do a true Worlds Collide show, it would be this one. It would be because it's like I, I mentioned this on Twitter. If anybody's seen Married with Children season six, this is the season that that Peggy and Marcy get pregnant, and it ends up being a dream by episode eleven because. Peggy had a stillborn baby, so they had to write it out of the storyline so they couldn't put it in the show. And it all became a dream. They just went back to who they were. This is the perfect time to just do some shit that's completely non-canon. This is like a uh, Marvel comic where they just completely go to the left and just do some wild Deadpool shit and then circle back later. Like a what-if comic or something like that. This is the perfect time to do that. Why stick with the storyline right now? Because you really don't know when you can record future episodes. You really don't know. It's almost inevitable. Like, as we're recording this show, Marcus Smart just tested positive for coronavirus. And he just made his announcement. Yep. It is inevitable that somebody in pro wrestling has it. Inevitable. And when that happens, everything's going to get shut down. So why not just do a non-canon type show with real true Worlds Collide fantasy matchups? Do <laughs> war games or something like that. Like, like give us something that's fun because there's no, there's, it's completely useless to try to stick with the stories because the stories already suck. Well, I mean, we think they suck. I'm sure Vincent McMahon doesn't think I'm they just, suck. Um, they're, they're, they're bad. Like, they're really it's not good. WrestleMania is trash. Yeah. What match um, you look at them like if if this was a if this coronavirus thing didn't happen and it was rest, we were going to Tampa and all that shit right now what match would you be looking forward to the most in WrestleMania? Story wise, Edge Orton. Yeah, Edge Orton. I mean, Edge. And then when you Edge ready? is still so damn good on the mic, but then you just wonder like, you know, Edge, what does he have coming back? And then now we see Last Man Standing, which cool that you know they've actually built to a point of the storyline matches the stipulation for the first time in a very long time. But that's an ambitious match to have him in, right? That's, you can't do a short point. last man standing match. Like the the best, the most well-told story right now is Edge and Orton. And it kicked yep. off at Royal Rumble. Everything else, like they, I, I, I totally believe they fumbled the bag on Shayna and Becky. I believe this has completely been botched. And I, and I, I will assume it has a lot to do with Vince not seeing what everybody else sees in Shayna. And there's a very uh, poss- there's a very high possibility that Becky retains in that match. Because if Vince did, I really believe that Shayna would have won the Royal Rumble and would start that storyline a lot earlier. So we could have yeah. been invested in it. But he went to Charlotte because I felt like he was like, nah, I don't think she's ready. We're going to do the match, but then fuck it. Like, he does with everybody else. Like, he, he gets over him. Like, he's over Ricochet. We, we don't know if we're ever going to see Ricochet again. Like, he's over a lot of talent right now. So, I think if you look at Edge and Orton, yeah, it's the most well-built story because they're old heads and Vince likes, it, you know, the nostalgia element of it clearly because look at, look at the WrestleMania card thus far. But then you have the workers. Like, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins should have the best match of the night if they're given the time. Yeah, whatever they, night like, they're on. Exactly. And if they really... It, it's, it's a weird angle, because I'm not saying they haven't devoted time to that angle, but it feels like it should be even hotter than it is. Like, it's not... It hasn't... I don't know, man. It's like it feels like it's very on and off. Like, sometimes it closes the show, sometimes it doesn't. Obviously, well, there's a lot of Joe's guys suspension. in it. Yeah, that's a lot what, of that's guys are involved. <laughs> like, There's too many people. Like they could have, they could have whittled this down and singled these two out a lot yeah. earlier. 
to me, this could be the new age version of HBK and Kurt Angle, where no title was on the line, but it was just a lot of fucking pride. And they wrestled yep. their asses off for it. But they haven't really built towards that. They just announced the match, what, this past week? Yeah, with the popcorn like, and such. But, I mean, they've they've teased it. It's just having the tag team titles on Rollins kind of gave him a separate feud at the same time, which made no sense. It, it doesn't. So it's like when you go back to talking about WrestleMania and what we're looking forward to, it's hard to look forward to anything. Even the Styles Undertaker thing is like, because you talked about his wife? Like, what? Like, this doesn't even make any sense. Like, Undertaker's been, has dealt with a lot of shit in his career. He's been burnt <laughs> up. He's been buried alive. He's been, like, killed. He's had his dead brother come back. Like, he's dealt with so much shit where you say AJ Styles talked about your wife. And Undertaker's like, ooh, I need to come back for this one. It, it just doesn't make any sense. We're not really building towards anything. So, with that being said, it's like you're going into WrestleMania with feuds that you're really not heavily invested in. I don't think fans are really heavily invested in any of this because nothing has been built over an extended period of time. So Drew McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar, if that's the route they're going to go, and him celebrating in front of absolutely nobody is like the worst idea ever. Save for yeah. SummerSlam. No, I think that's it's still not horrible. We, and we'll again go over AEW later, but they had several instances where it shows you can pop a crowd at home without a crowd being in the building. Yeah, I just don't think Vince is looking at it like that. Like, this you got to be that creative. Like, you have to be that creative to really make it feel like it's something special. And there's Twitter. There's reactions. They'll get the reactions. They can tell if something hit or missed, even without the crowd going nuts. We just saw that. It's do you trust them to do it? It's hard, man. Because, like, you mentioned PWG, for instance. And some of these shows yep. have been in smaller places. But even in those smaller contained spaces... Those crowds were live as shit. So yeah. it's like that you feed off of the energy. And I can't imagine that some of these guys is going to be really, they can't get to the, their that, that certain gear without fans. Like imagine, if you will, even though we fucking hate this racist guy, but imagine the, Ho the Rock and Hogan at WrestleMania, what was that, 17? And no crowd. The crowd made that match. Because they, they immediately turned on The Rock and went to Hogan. And then Hogan hulked up, which was like a great moment for Hogan in the black and white and kind of calling back. And the crowd went nuts. And the, the, the both of those guys fed off of that. Like, The Rock was always brilliant at listening to the crowd and working his match based on how the crowd is reacting. Now yeah. you have no crowd. Now you just got a script and a booking agent. And you just go. And something else that we'll mention from the AEW show, if you fuck up, Ain't no crowd to cut to when you fuck up. And there are going to be some botches with guys like Taker and Goldberg involved. I just can't see this being a great wrestling show. I can't. And in two days? Do I really need two days of this shit? Yeah, because there's nothing else on. So I welcome there being two days. Yes. <sighs> I How do, long are these two days going to be? It, you know how long days feel now? Like... Yes, I, I welcome anything. I don't care who's wrestling on these damn shows. I don't care how bad they are. So, yes, I, I will welcome them. I, and we'll talk about NXT. I like the full night of promos. So, at this point, anything to kind of distract me and give me something to watch uh, is, is high on my list. Some level of normalcy. So, I, I am glad. And I don't want to be that guy. I'm, you know, we're 
this is somewhat our job, right? Like, we do this podcast because we love it, but this is also our job as media members and in combat sports is to pick apart pro wrestling, where you're messing up, where you're doing right. We, we're critics at the end of the day on this show. But in reality, also, I am. I think we're at a time where we're just damn appreciative, or we should be as wrestling fans, to have anything. So, I mean, yes, I, I will be entertained. Right. I, I will be entertained. I don't want to be like, oh, my God, it's going to be shit. We shouldn't watch it. No, we will watch it, and we should watch it. And whatever they give us, kudos to them. Can it be better? Yes, that we're supposed to talk about that. But no matter what they give us, yeah, I, I think two days' worth is the smart way to go. They can be smarter. If, if rumors of them pre-taping all shows and WrestleMania already, I love that idea because... Send send the talent home, yo. Like protect the talent for the long run. And and this is what you gotta do. If you pre-tape three weeks now, at least it's three weeks of self-quarantine until you gotta come back and do what the raw after WrestleMania and we see where the hell the world is in three weeks. But something something. Maybe there's a vaccine by then. Maybe there's at least open testing so you can know who to bring back into the PC, who to keep their ass at home because they got it. Well, you you can be smarter. And we'll talk about AEW and how they're kind of going through with this. So there, there's ways of doing it. It can be done better. But yeah, I like the two-day effect. I, I liked I liked the fact that, you know what, it's different times. And sometimes, and we talk about this all the time with WWE Dre, and it, it, it is true. Some of the best things, especially recently, that have happened to WWE and Vince McMahon has been when shit hit the fan and he's locked up on something. This can be yeah. that. It, it can I mean, be the two days. You know what? Two days actually work. Instead of making people sit through eight hours, two days is more enjoyable, and we can have NXT on Fridays. And maybe this is just a better formula for WrestleMania, and maybe this just locks up into that. Yeah, I mean, it would be good if it didn't take a goddamn the global pandemic for them to realize that WrestleMania is too fucking long and you could split it up <laughs> into two days. I mean, that'd be yeah. great. Um, yes, of course, I'm going to watch WrestleMania on both days. I just, history has told us that the WWE just doesn't get things like this right. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, you are correct. The best things have happened when they're unplanned, when they deal with injuries and stuff like that. So I just find this hard to digest because... Sticking to the script is pretty unnecessary at this point. That's my biggest issue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you got, like, because the reason why you're bringing in Goldberg, Taker, um, Edge, is because you're trying to draw fans to your biggest event of the year. Now you're not trying to draw fans to your biggest event of the year. You're just trying to draw eyeballs. And you kind of win by default, just like when the UFC, when Dana White was praising the UFC for being the number one trending topic, you're the only fucking show in town. So it's really not that hard to be the number one trending topic. So for me, it wouldn't hurt to put on a true wrestling show. But that's why I said like a show like a World's Collide would be perfect because nothing matters and these guys can just wrestle. It's like Goldberg. Listen, man, the Saudi bag, it'll come back. Don't worry. We'll do it. Undertaker. You're not getting any younger. You're getting older, but the Saudi bag will be there, and you can do that five-minute shit over there. Or we can yeah. do WrestleMania some other time. Edge, 
yeah, no, we want to get you. Maybe this is the only actual old folks max that we do. But other than that, just what if just give me some shit? What if the other two are ten minute matches, or you know, total entrance match? Get the hell out of here, or ten minutes, and then they fill. There's only seven matches, so without those two, there's only five. There's a lot of time to throw in random shit, right? Like, what if, what if the storylines of those six or seven matches are there, but what if the other filler time has no storylines? What if Daniel Bryan is just like, you know what, fuck it, I want to wrestle this guy, like him and Gulak, like you know what, boom, Gulak is cool. Let me just wrestle someone else I want to wrestle. Me and Gulak versus our own knock, and let us just do our fucking thing twenty minutes to put on a good show. You mad yeah, at I that? I think that'd be great. Like, yeah, like see, that's I think what that would be great. I just don't I, need to do it. Yeah, your idea works perfectly. They don't have to scrap. I understand what you're saying. Like, yo, fuck, scrap the whole storylines. Let's just get weird, and let's put on the best matches. I don't think that's possible. But you can be like, yo, condense those old man matches to five minutes, and anything that's not built already. So we have what Kevin Owens versus Rollins. Boom, take them out. You take out Edge and Orton. Boom, take them out. Cool. Those are pre-built. Continue with those. Whatever's not built, don't fit into a storyline. At all. Give us the New Days versus the Usos versus someone else in a ladder match. Fuck it. Let's do it. No storyline needed. Just because it's a good match. Oh, versus Mizzen and uh, whoever the hell else is the champion. And Morrison. Give us those three teams in a ladder match. Day one. No storyline needed to throw them in. Have a good match. That That's what you're trying to say, I think. And that's good. Keep keep the four storylines you've actually built for good or for better or worse. The other shit, let's get weird. I mean, and again, I just think you should just not even call this shit WrestleMania. I really, I really think you need to table I, it. I like I, that because in 10 years looking back, we can say, you I'll know hate what? it. I'll never that's watch the this shit weirdest, again. But we can say it's different. That's the weirdest uh, WrestleMania ever. I'm good, man. Like, for better listen, or worse. I, for better I'm or good. worse. Like I'm, I'm good on making history just for the sake of making history. I'm, I, I want to. If you're gonna do WrestleMania, do WrestleMania. This isn't WrestleMania. If you want to, like, you want to keep the name on it because you, you know, it's like it's like Dana White trying to do this goddamn Khabib and Tony fight. It's not <laughs> the same without the fans. He's doing it on the It's moon. just not the fucking same. It's just not going to be. Like, yeah, they're, they're trying. I mean, fuck it. They're going to book this shit on fucking Jupiter because there's no way it's going to happen on the planet Earth at this rate. But WrestleMania you know is spectacle. What's weird, though, is, it, is all it takes is one commission, right? Because the only thing slowing him down is a commission to approve it. And because obviously in Florida, you can have wrestling matches in a whole fucking. You know, staff in there proven by AEW. So, the venue and getting a venue isn't necessarily difficult. You need a commission to approve and license the fight. If yeah, he gets that, <laughs> yeah, if he gets that, what stops them from doing what the WWE is doing? And, and this is just an honest question. Maybe it's stupid, but I'm just wondering what stops them from having fights from 8 a.m. through 10 p.m. one day and filming three. You know, three cards at a time. Is that possible? I, I actually want to go back because you mentioned like them possibly pre-taping WrestleMania. That shit would yeah. leak in a hurry. 
There's no <laughs> way they keep that shit under the lid. Yeah, that's true. Not in the social media era. But like with the UFC, it's the same thing because it's like if you try to book cards, because again, like they're limiting the amount of people that can be to, in a certain space, right? Yeah. WWE is the PC. It's their building. UFC Correct. doesn't have a building. They don't have anything. The only reason why the WWE is able to do this is because the PC is theirs. Yeah, AW like, as well. That yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars like mini side arena is theirs. Yeah, so the UFC doesn't have anything that's theirs. They have the Apex, and the Apex is like, no, you can't just do license fights yeah. because not only do you have to have the you know the commission sign off, but you need judges, referees, cutmen. Yeah. Like, there's so many people that are involved in that production. The, uh, not even including cameramen and all that shit, that it's almost impossible to pull this this off. Um, so that that's the problem. But what I am saying is what what you kind of paraphrase with me saying like scrap some of the shit stuff and just put together matches and get weird with it. Yeah, just don't call it WrestleMania. You can table it. Like I'm I, again, I don't think anybody's really invested in these storylines. Where if you said um, let's record an episode of Raw and have Brock destroy Drew McIntyre and then he's injured. And the people yeah. are like, fine, whatever. And we can move mm-hmm. that to a, a stadium or a, and have that match happen down the line. I'm totally even fine with them doing Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins because there's really nothing on the line. It's just two guys that can go. Let them yeah. go. But Vince doesn't believe in letting guys go. And that's where all the problems lie. He feel, like if, uh, if he took his hands off the wheel, if it wasn't WrestleMania, I think he'd be totally fine handing the reins over to Triple H and be like, book that shit however you want. Yeah, if it was money in the bank, yeah, if it was money in the bank, I I completely agree with you, but it's not. But it's it's WrestleMania, so Vince is going to have his fingerprints all over this thing, and we're going to get the longest, slowest, 18-foot walk to the ring that The Undertaker's ever going to give us, because it ain't that far to the ring, but he's going to make that, drag that shit out. Goldberg's going to walk from full sail down the block to the PC and through just to get his entrance in. Um, No, I... I understand their point of, and I still like the idea of having a very weird and historic WrestleMania, for better or worse, but I also understand your point now more. Like, would it be horrible to not call this WrestleMania and just skip it? And next year's WrestleMania is, what was this supposed to be, 35, 34? 36. Oh, 36. Couldn't you just do next year's 36? So last year was still 35, next year's 36, and this year just never happened in history, right? Like, Like... Next year it could just be thirty six in L A. You just skip the number. Yeah, or like if, if everything cleared up, you do it in August, the summer, at SummerSlam. I would just skip the whole shit and call August SummerSlam. Like I fuck mean, it, this just never happened in history books. It mania just skipped a year, and then next year is yeah, Romania. I'm again. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. I just think when you try to really shoehorn something in, like you are determined to make this shit happen, because. I'm not positive this show goes off without somebody testing positive in the next three weeks. I'm not yeah. entirely sure about that. And if that happens, it derails everything. You're canceling the shit anyway. No, I think of it's course. very possible. That's... And then on top of that, and this is just from a human standpoint, there's a lot of old fucking guys in this thing. Tom, Vince, and we'll... you need to stay as far away from coronavirus as possible. Goldberg. Like, I know they got the money you think that they can easily be cured, but without a vaccine that's proven yet... You're running a risk with guys like Vince, with guys like Goldberg, with guys like Taker. We're, Do you we're talking about to? guys in their 50s. We're going to talk about AEW after we hit you know, our, our little promo spot here in a second. And that's what really fucking worries me about them. Yeah, it, it's we'll, dangerous. We'll like, talk about their show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it, it, 
overall, this thing, it worries me overall that they're still working, knowing that you could be asymptomatic and anybody in the locker room could have had it, got it, because and now they're taking it home to their family and whoever they live with. Yeah. So this is this is a, just a dangerous thing to still continuously do it. And, that, and that's for everybody, AEW, NXT, WWE. But if you are going to pursue it and you are going to do it, I think there's just better ways to do it. Um, and I know we got to take a little promo break, but like I do want to talk about this Ciampa Gargano build because I don't know what NXT is doing before we get into AEW, but I do want to talk about this and how I feel like they need to just call an audible on a lot of shit with NXT right now as well. But we should go ahead and hit that break. Yeah, let's do that. When we come back, we'll dive into NXT, AEW, and kind of the nuts and bolts of how these you know, wrestling companies are handling it. So you guys stay right there. We'll be right back. All right, real quick, we got to take a break from the show to let you know with currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. You'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done, there's still mixed martial arts, and esports is on the rise. So if you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. All right, we are back, and now we get to dive into the nuts and bolts of the weekly shows, right? So these empty arena shows, we've seen, I think, one from every one of the major four brands. I'm counting AEW in that lingo. Don't kill me. But SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and AEW have all had a show post-coronavirus kind of isolation. Uh, Dre, before we start, I got to crack my second White Claw. You know, shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And on Raw, you know, just giving Stone Cold stunners to black people. So... Let's start. Let's start there. Uh, Raw this week was heavy on the promos, but we saw Becky Lynch show up in some type of tractor trailer, and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Byron Saxton, which was a hilarious moment, to to be true. But what did you think of Raw and how they handled the empty arena show, and then uh, also SmackDown, where we saw John Cena and, and the and Bray Wyatt, not even the Fiend, actually square off in a promo I thought was incredible for having no audience. Um, Raw first? You want to go Raw first? No, I'll, I feel I'll, I'll SmackDown go SmackDown first. first. All right. I loved Triple H on commentary. Absolutely <laughs> so good. loved it. Um, and I wish they would have committed to that kind of uh, lack of gravity to that entire show. Because Triple H having fun and being like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's just make the most out of it. <laughs> is exactly what pro wrestling needs right now. Instead of trying to stick to storylines. The Bray Wyatt John Cena promo was actually excellent. That Great. that was fantastic. For what and we'll talk about Raw in a minute as well, but that was done really well. Um but then it SmackDown's two hours, so you can get away with it. So I don't remember anything else on SmackDown. Was there a match? Who wrestled? Yeah, there were um two matches, I believe I gotta look it up. I don't remember it offhand. I felt like I had that. 
um, oh, but oh, SmackDown okay. The, 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 the women, the random ass women's tag match. Yep. That was weird because I mean, credit to the women. I'm not. This is not their fault. They had to make a. They had to make a, a shit out of whatever they had going on here. Barely playing to the crowd of nobody, and then like Nikki Cross <laughs> playing to the crowd of nobody. But then yep. Triple H spotting it and then saying, "I didn't see Oscar sneak through the crowd." That's how you handle shit. He knows what he's doing. The girls are putting this tough spot. A really tough spot. You know spot. what? The hell with everyone who pointed out that they weren't fighting during the commercial break, too. Yeah, that was weird. It was like the international feed came in for some people and they got them like kind of standing around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's always going to be weird when there's a commercial break. Like, if you've ever been to a live show and there's a commercial break, like, you can tell when it happens. Tons of rest holes and a bunch of bullshit. They were dealing with whatever they had. So I remember the women's tag match. So that was goofy. Um, oh, DB Hart- versus Cesaro was the other match. Man, how disappointing Which was, good. was that? No, no, that I was, was alright. Get the fuck. Like, the, it man. was short, though. It was short. That's my problem. Listen, again, if there was any night to just let them go, that was the night. Yeah. Because as soon as they booked it, the vast majority of us said, oh, shit, they're going to tear the house down. Yeah. No, they didn't, they didn't tear my curtains down. It was like three minutes. It, that, I uh. think it was like six. But yeah, it ended weird. It was like anticlimactic. Right? Like, yeah, it's it was setting up man, something else, I guess. I, what? If you're going to book the match, just book it. So that was the other match. Then Baron Corbin beating Jeff Hardy, which was, like, bizarre to me because we don't even know what they're doing with Baron Corbin. He's, he's going into a feud with Elias? Is that what we're I think doing? Hardy won that match. Did he? I don't care. Yeah. But, Har- but Hardy won by, like, a, a roll-up or something, right? Elias talk. cost Corbin. Oh, that's right. Elias did get up, played his guitar. Hardy, Hardy hit the tr- the twist of fury. What twist of fury. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> the twist of fury, and he won. But it was it was weird because it's like, did he have to come back for that? Because it meant nothing. Again, it meant it's nothing. it's like AEW. We'll talk about in a second, and they handled it a little better. But these things were probably already planned for a live audience, so he was coming back, and then it was like, oh shit, well he's coming back to no one now. I mean, whatever. But so the promo stuff was good. Um, they showed the Elimination Chamber again, which it was funny because I got to watch the Usos and New Day spend like 10 minutes of that match taking a nap. <laughs> Still um, good. <laughs> it, yeah. But, um, I mean, SmackDown, it was what it was. It just, like, Triple H has set the tone, and I was like, this is the right direction. Like, just He's so here. good on commentary. It's, like, it's amazing to watch him through the years, and you remember, like, everybody hated his guts in the early 2000s. Because yeah, it was just like, so. <laughs> yeah, because he like won everything. He was involved in every major storyline. It was just gross. And then yeah. one day, it just changed. Like even with the punk stuff, a lot of people were like, man, fuck, this is whack. Because him and you remember him and uh, Shawn Michaels never really liked punk. And yep. then for whatever reason, he's like turned into this wrestling aficionado who knows how to have fun now. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But he's had he's had his aha <laughs> moment, and he's fun to watch. As long as he's not yeah. wrestling, we're good. Oh yeah, the character of Triple H still really really sucks because he still has to win. It's it's still the same Triple H to me from two thousand, and he shoehorns himself in matches he doesn't need to be in. Remember when he was in the Shield for no reason, and then they put oh, on like a, a a de facto yeah. like Bullet Club triple you know like Bullet Club DX kind of mix type shit. In Japan, it was fucking weird. So, yeah, the character of Triple H, it's still shitty. But Paul Levesque, like, executive, like, Paul is, he's the truth. And 
he's what should he's proven I think to most wrestling fans and to most people to be what Vince McMahon should just hand the company to. He's proven to kind of be Vince in the 80s, right? Like, if you put him full-time on commentary, what's the difference between him and Vince when he was in the 80s and Vince was on the desk? I think he could handle it. I mean, I think he could handle it. Like, I I think he could bring that different aspect of things to it. I I think he's proven himself in, in... and to find talent, Vince, back then, scouring and raiding the territory scene for talent. I think Trips has done the same for NXT. He, there's a lot of similarities, except Vince was able to buy his dad out when his dad became a dinosaur. Rest in peace, if that's the case. And, and Vince had a different vision and took it somewhere else. But he's not letting Trips have that same opportunity. He's holding on for dear life. Yeah, and he has a daughter, so... Nobody yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah, it's it's different than when Vince was able to take it from his father. Trips can't take shit. Yeah. So that's but, that's uh, where we are. Um, Raw. Edge cut the promo to start off on Raw. This motherfucker's still great on the mic. Yeah, like he looked into my soul through the camera. Yeah. He edges, edges, edge, and edges. One, there's two people in pro wrestling. People, one of them, you guys are gonna freak out when I say this. There are two <laughs> people in pro wrestling that I did not appreciate until much late. That I didn't really truly appreciate. One is Edge, and two is Eddie Guerrero. Yes, I did not truly Just like. Two, I like Eddie. C- Guerrero. Can, can we add John Cena? Because I feel like John, John yeah, Cena's on that list. Three. John Cena's definitely on that list. Um, but I, I use those two for a specific reason because. As I was watching Eddie, I was like, man, he's good. I always thought Eddie was good. But then when I went back and watched Eddie, I was like, holy fuck, he's so much better than I ever thought. Because yeah. the thing about Eddie is like the promos were fantastic. He never, he never really had a bad match. And he always gave it everything. And he was a totally unique type of character. And Edge is very similar in that. He's always mm-hmm. been a good promo. He's always had good... like. I think it was exhausted with him and Cena's feud, which like went on forever. It felt like, but I started to look back and I was like, "Yo, the Foley Edge, the uh, what's the last man standing match at yeah, WrestleMania Fire Table? It was I yeah with think. the Fire Table. That's yes, crazy. Dude. I just watched. I just watched that recently, and I was like, and I liked it when I watched. It. I was like, man, this is Edge's best match, and I remember saying that this is Edge's best match he's ever had. And I went back and watched it again. I was like, dog, this was like the best match of Mania that night because they killed it. <laughs> And it was my yeah. same thing with Eddie. Like, I would watch Eddie Guerrero wrestle, and I was like, man, that was a fantastic match. Him and Mysterio. I was like, those are great. Then I would go back and watch him again, and I was like, yo, I'm bugging. These were even better than I thought. Watching Edge cut that promo made me realize, I was like, yo, I don't think we really ever truly appreciated what Edge really brought to the table as a singles wrestler, and of course as a tag wrestler, and his promos, and his sense of humor, and his ability to flip from heel to f- f- babyface. That man was phenomenal. He was. I'd say, great. I you know even checking out a little bit during this time, but I'd say 07 through twenty twelve, Edge and Cena to a degree, but even Cena, like he came back from the injury and that really popped. So Cena too, but I, I feel like Edge really might have been the top of top guys for that five years. Yo, he was, 07 through twelve. Um, he was. He, it's crazy. Dog. He was real. Like I was watching a random. It not even random. It was a King of the Ring match, Edge and Kurt Angle. And there's a spot where I think, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Kurt German's Edge over the top rope, if I remember correctly. And it looked like Edge might have died. And I'm like, dude, 
Like, this is not, like, Kurt Angle was one of those guys that we always appreciated. The moment we saw Kurt Angle, I was like, this fucking guy's amazing. But watching yeah. Edge in that match and him working, I was like, yo, he's really good. And he's been gone for almost a decade. And he comes back and cuts this promo. Like, him and Randy Orton should have an amazing match. I just don't know what Edge has left in the tank. I don't have I, I would have been I would have been more comfortable before I found out it was a last man standing match. The stipulation yeah, I mean, makes sense, but that is going to take a lot. And I don't know what the gas tank is like. You know, it, it's like that thing, like, are you in game shape? Like, there's no way for him to just hit the weights and get into wrestling shape. And then you just throw him into a long-ass mat. That's that's going to be tough. So we'll we'll see how that goes for him. Um, real quick before we go on to the other stuff on Raw, you mentioned Eddie Guerrero. I've been watching a ton of shit on the network, just, you know, like random stuff. I forgot how good his mic work and the promo work and just the whole storyline with him in China was. Oh, man. So good. That that does not get the praise it deserves. That shit was great. Again, he was so good. So goddamn good. And we forget how good he was. And I know, You're like, right. we put it... We put it on our rundown, and we didn't talk about it. I told, said to take it out because we had other things to talk about. But that Ruthless Aggression documentary on the network, it is yep. so, like, half-assed to me because it tells, like, the WWE story the way that they want to tell the story. Like, <laughs> we, we, we got the F out to change the attitude. No, you didn't. The World no. Wildlife Federation shut that shit down. Like, you're telling lies. And you're, you're, I know you got to eliminate Benoit from a lot of this stuff, but, like, this, this, the SmackDown 6, he was one of them. And a lot yep. of the reason why like SmackDown was so great was because Benoit wrestled fucking everybody. And I, I know you can't really tell that story, but it almost feels disingenuous not to in a way. I don't know how you do it. I know it's they showed spot. some of the pins. They showed some of like you know oh, people they showed, beating. They showed or like RKO him and like pin him, and you never saw Benoit's face. And it, so I, <laughs> I get that you kind of have to do that, but it's like man, like the SmackDown Six, which they didn't really talk about the SmackDown no. Six. Because you can't. Yeah, you can't without Benoit. It's so, but, he was in so many storylines. It's crazy because like you go back, the Jericho, Benoit, Kurt Angle uh, triple threat matches. Or the Benoit, Booker T stuff. Like There were so many things. It's all, again, it's like, how do you tell the story by eliminating him? I know you have to, but then you can't, you can't really tell the story then, can you? Like, I don't know how you on, do this. On season two that comes out this fall, I'm a... You know, I'm assuming they have to tell the second run of Shawn Michaels, right? Like yeah. that's that's that was a huge part of this ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression area era where Shawn came back. Do you skip over Benoit beating him in Triple H for the title? That's because that was a huge moment. Like how I don't know. It's so hard to tell the story without touching on this because like Eddie Guerrero, like those guys. And then, you pissed I mean, me off. <laughs> Hold on, you pissed me off in our group chat once so much. Because we had a conversation, and maybe we'll touch on this on a future show, where you said Undertaker is actually not necessary in the story of WWE. He's not. You can, like, completely leave him out. I don't think you can do that with Chris Benoit. This no, proves you, that. You can't. Like, that's my problem. Like, Undertaker, I know. Did, did we talk about this on the show already? I don't think so. I think it's blasphemous. <laughs> no. Well, you don't need okay. him to tell any to legitimate storyline. Well, no, what I'm saying is when it comes to the history of the WWE, when it comes to the biggest moments in pro wrestling history, for it's weird, but you can almost leave Taker out of a lot of that stuff. He's been like this phenomenal character, but 
the biggest moments in pro wrestling history, like if you were if you were forced to edit something out, you could edit out the Undertaker, like because you can go, you have to talk about Hogan, you have to talk about Bret and Shawn, you have to talk about Austin and Rock, you have to talk about Cena, you have to talk. I mean, yeah, you probably have to talk about Edge because you end up talking about the 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 ladder match and all that shit. But you could probably yep. leave out Edge, um, and then like now you have to talk about the Shield, right? You have to talk about Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement. Yep. Where do you Punk. have to talk about? Yeah, you have to talk about Punk. Where do you have to talk about the Undertaker? Like he's so it's strange because he's been around for so long, but he's he goes so far down the ladder. When you start Outside of the streak, this. you do you not think? Do you think the streak doesn't have to be mentioned? It's weird because the first half of the streak was completely and utterly pointless. It just was happenstance. It was like, oh shit, he's yeah. undefeated. Let's do something with this. So but that five year run he was on, let's see, Orton, Legend Killer, Triple H, Sean Twice, CM Punk. Like that it got hot for like seven years and of course culminating with the big surprise of Brock actually beating him. Right. So so here's my point. Like, can you talk about the WWE story without talking about Randy Orton? Yeah. Mm. You can. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like Undertaker's in that level. And it's it just it sounds blasphemous, but, but I just really You can't tell Sean's story without telling Taker. Because Sean's five star matches are I, the Taker matches. I know. Hell in the Cell to WrestleMania's, you can't negate the best Shawn Michael matches ever. And then what? One against Brett, one against uh Razor Ramon. Those are his top five matches. I, I don't know right. how it's hard to dispute. Ladder but, match Brett well, feud, here's, here's two why. takers, and three takers. Here's, here's why, and, and I, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but here's why you can leave it out, because pro wrestling's never been about wrestling in the WWE. So the biggest yeah. moments are Hogan, Austin, and Brett. I mean, Austin and Rock because they changed the business, right? Yeah. Sean and Brett because of the Montreal Screwjob. Like, you have to tell that story because it changed the business forever. Like, you have to have Bret Hart because the, everything yep. that he was involved in changed the business. Undertaker yep. didn't really like main event at WrestleMania forever until he wrestled Roman Sid Banks. at 13. And when he wrestled oh. Sid at 13, nobody gave a shit because it was Austin and Bret. Yeah. And then he wrestled Batista. Nobody, like, those matches, no, they were good when you talk about pro wrestling. But when you talk about changing the business or doing something to the entire business, you can leave them out. That's... That's unfair. Like the him, Sean, Vince McMahon pulling God into it. It was like an angle that is but, pretty like significant. Yeah, but I'm just right? saying like, like there was an angle to, built around him and Sean. But if you didn't tell that story, would you be missing something out of the WWE's history? I would be missing something out of Shawn Michaels' history, which is, to me, a huge part of WWE's history. Because as good as he was with him and Brett... And in that 90s period, transitioning right before the Attitude Era, where they those two carried the company, if we just never talked about Sean again after that, in the in the timeline of the WWE, it's an injustice to Sean because he was an asshole before then. But we're not, but so, we're not talking about... That's my thing. We're not talking about Sean. We're talking about the WWE. That's my so, point. It's like, if we're talking about the history of the... Like, if we're talking about the history of Sean Michaels, of course you have Sha to talk about the... Sean the is the Sean. ref... Sean is the ref with Triple H and Taker at that period but, of time. Oh four, what was that? Oh three through like oh six. That was that, arguably that match, the biggest match. But that, of what I'm saying is, 06. but we're not talking about matches. We're talking about moments. And the only real Undertaker moment that that you, if you had to put one in there, is him throwing Mick off the, of the Hell in a Cell. 
Like if you had yeah. to talk about one thing in the business and it was like that Not even made... the debut of Hell in a Cell, you don't think? No. Kane no. Kane showing up, fucking Sean no. bloody as hell. No. No, because mm. like if you're doing a layman terms book to somebody who doesn't watch the WWE and you were yeah. trying to explain to them the history of the WWE. Those are nuances and footnotes because they don't care about this stuff. But when you talk about like the business and how the business has changed, the the, the people who changed the business, Hogan, Austin, Brett, Sean, Rock, Cena. It's like the torch got passed. And then somewhere in there, like, then there's Triple H. You can't leave out Triple H because that prolonged run, he was involved yeah, in evolution. evolution. Yeah. Like, NXT. Like, you have to talk about those things. But where does Undertaker fit in all that? He was never the guy. Ever. That's so tough. I don't, we it's could crazy. talk about this for an hour. We yeah, have. Talked about this for an hour saying, before. It's, it's crazy. It sounds like crazy talk, but there's never. Yeah, people are gonna say that, it's blasphemy. Yeah, there's never been a time that the Undertaker was the number one guy in the business. He's always been no. like the. He, I, I don't even. You know, if you watch Seinfeld, nah, you can't even do that because you couldn't do Seinfeld without Kramer. Um, but he's like, <laughs> I mean, he's kind of like he. He is a guy who just he shows up. He has these moments, but it's like. If you pulled him out, like you can't tell the WWE's history without Cena, because that run was so long. Austin I'm so Rock- tight that you're saying that he's Newman. Like if, <laughs> if this is Seinfeld terms, like yo, he's not as good as you know, he's not good enough to be Kramer, but he's Newman. Like you could probably tell without Newman, but no, who else would get hit with spit? Like so, this is what you're saying. Like yeah, Taker I mean, is, is Newman. Maybe, maybe it's just it's crazy <laughs> to think because when when Bill Hanstock on he posted that on on social media, people went crazy, and I was really thinking about it. Like I started jotting down like eras in pro wrestling, and I was like, damn, Undertaker was never really the guy in any of these eras. He's always been a great character, always been, but he's like a character that if you didn't tell. People, you wouldn't be like, like when you talk about Hulk Hogan, right? You don't have to talk about like King Kong Bundy or like you talk about Hogan and Andre the Giant because it was like the biggest match in WrestleMania then. But you don't have to talk about like Ravishing Rick Rude. Like you don't have to talk about the Iron Sheik. You barely. Sergeant Slaughter. You don't have to. You don't have to. But Hogan, you talk about Hogan. Like Austin and Rock, you talk about Austin and Rock and their rivalry. And Austin yeah. and Michaels, because the torch got passed from those guys. And then it was like Triple H was there, and then boom, it was Cena. And when Cena took it, it was his for like ever. Like yeah. he ran the business. Him and, and Edge. Stra- and strangely because enough, they didn't, like, this is why you can leave Undertaker out in this strange way. Undertaker and Cena di- didn't have their WrestleMania match until that little squash shit. So you can leave Undertaker yeah. out of Cena's story. So t- again, I can't leave him out of Sean's story. But we digress. We got to move yeah, on because yeah. that's, anyway. that's crazy. But talking about Taker, perfect segue. Taker, AJ Styles on Raw Ugh. was the next promo. Uh, Taker said, uh, fuck this contract signing. I'm just throwing stuff around. Gallows and Anderson caught an ass whooping. All right. Why does no- Undertaker look like my mechanic? Here. Why, why does he look like my mechanic? <laughs> well, listen, he came in with the, with the long Lara Croft braid and a do-rag. Put some respect on his name. Take he came in with the shirt down already. Like, yo, who wants what? So you know what? He came to whoop ass. Whenever you show up in a do-rag, you you dare to whoop ass. So I don't know, man. It's it's going to be weird. I expect to see American Badass Taker. 
but I, I thought this two weeks ago when they planted those seeds, you know, him using Taker's actual name, Mark Calloway, bringing up his wife. I think they're going for more realism, and I thought they were going for American Badass entrance. Because that's I mean, just the one thing he hasn't returned to, you know, since this, I, I guess, later run he's had against Roman Reigns and what, Bray Wyatt. He's he's pulled out the dark, you know, the dead man all these times. I, I think one more for the American Badass would, would kind of make sense. So maybe they do that this year. And you can damn sure ride a motorcycle into the PC. Well, yeah. I mean, you could do that. I mean, personally, if you ask me if I really cared about this match, I'd like to see the old Purple Gloves Undertaker. Body bag Ooh, Undertaker. I like that. Body bag. That's but you don't have... Uh, Paul Bearer. Yeah, but you, you don't have Paul Bearer. That, that takes a lot from that, you know? Like, for visiting that, yeah. it takes a lot from that. So, unless he just came out with an urn, like, in, in memory, that, that'd be dope. But, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be a five-minute match. Then we have Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. Oh, Again, my God. Somehow, Rey Mysterio wins and he's not champion. I was watching it on mute. I was like, I don't understand this. Fuck that. That doesn't matter. Asuka on commentary. Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> Just yelling in Japanese. Yo. I had to go watch it again with the volume. <laughs> Yo, dog. I, listen, like you guys know, I am an Asuka stan. I love her to death. And I feel like she's been kind of done wrong in the whole grand scheme of things. Nevertheless. Yeah. I think putting her on, right by her now. I mean, the tag titles. Kari Sane is done wrong. You're right. Oscar's been right fine. Oscar's been in the main event picture as a tag team champion. They're just like, yo, fuck Kari Sane. Like they've they've legit kept Oscar in a main program for a year. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how you you make that logical, but whatever. I, I guess my my problem with Oscar was the the early part of Oscar coming to, to WWE when she came to the main yeah. roster and then you know losing to Charlotte whatever then losing to Carmella is what really bothered me. Anyway, yeah. since this, then it's been better. Yeah, Becky yeah. ladder match and all that shit they they've done all right by. Yeah, but her on commentary just yelling because first of all I was like why the fuck is she on commentary and then it happened and I was like oh I get it for my enjoyment because somebody's got to be reading my mind because this was my personal <laughs> enjoyment because I dude I just loved. Her just saying shit in like half English, half like just just going off. Like they have to realize that she is a national treasure. That girl is amazing. She's spectacular. Fuck the match. Like when the match ended, I was like, "So give me more Oscar." Yeah, whatever. Okay, whoever I don't know who gets credit for this. Whoever decided one day, like two months ago, to say, "You know what, Oscar Kari, fuck English, cut promos in Japanese." I love it. I don't. I don't know. Whoever decide that, give them a raise. Because it doesn't matter. You don't have to script them. It's all in raw emotion and facial reactions. And it's what is missing when you have people have scripted promos. It was missing from her when they try to script her for a year and a half, right? And force her to go English. No, just have her cut shit in Japanese in Shaw raw emotion. And they're funny. It's kind of like having the iconics, but they can actually wrestle. Yeah. yeah. I love it. It's fucking genius. Um, Becky cuts an in-ring promo. Who cares? So. Uh, Kevin Owens finally making the match official with Oh, oh, can Seth we just Rollins. say some, something that's really weird about the Becky Lynch promo? Like, they, they refuse, for whatever reason, they f- refuse to have her and Shayna go face-to-face, right? Like Yeah. And, and then Becky cuts this promo, and they cut to Shayna watching it on a screen where she couldn't have been more than, like, 10 feet away. 
why, are, why I mean they got two more weeks I'm just I'm, I'm sure I'm they'll, just they'll, they'll have a face to face sooner or later I don't, uh, I don't know it's, it was awkward but maybe they're delaying the face to face building anticipation I just really don't think I don't Vince know. believes in Shayna I, I really this is my personal thing, I, 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 I think she can honestly lose <laughs> I think you're yeah, right I, do, I, I think she can I lose this that, match I think because they, she should like when she came in and bit Becky, as stupid as it was, then they just kind of walked walked it back a little bit, whereas they yeah. could have taken off with this thing and they could have really built a blood feud out of these two. They, they booked her as strong as possible in the elimination chamber though. Yeah, but and but the, I feel like that's the red herring, so she can lose. Yeah, it, it's so weird because it's like the feud is Becky and Shayna, and the thing that you. Maybe I've missed it, but that you really didn't build upon is that Shayna won a Survivor Series, and she she should be using that to like the max. Like you yeah. bitches can't whoop me, and Becky, you too. Like when like I'm not saying this could be like Rock Austin level type of feud, but they've built they've, they've built enough into this where these they should have like a blood feud. They should hate each other's guts, and they should be yeah. interacting not every week, but every now and then. Like if, if Becky and Shayna are in the same building. At least stare down from the ramp. Why are you looking at a goddamn TV screen? Yeah, it was weird. I give you that. Like it, it was just, it was an odd way to set it up. Um, we had the entire men's Royal Rumble match. You know what? It's still just as good. I, I had tuned it out because I had watched it earlier that day, not knowing that they were going to replay it that night. But I'm not mad at the Brock booking. That shit was fun. No, Keith good. Lee coming out. Um, the end I thought was handled very well. It's one of the better wrestle or excuse me, Royal Rumble matches we've had. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 100%. This this the knock one. I I thought this was good, especially on second run. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin, Byron Saxton is such a clown. Fuck it, they used it. Right, it you don't so have a crowd. Saxton being like cringy and fanboyish. I I get it. No one likes Byron Saxton. Yeah, it it was weird to have Austin come out to no crowd reaction, but you make do with what you have. Um, yeah, he hit every turnbuckle for no reason. Yeah, he's he's Austin, man. Like you know, he he kind of tried to play to the crowd. If you want to see me do this, give me a hell yeah. Nothing happened. Oh, uh, it just again, it just would have been so much better to have Triple H on commentary there, just to give his bullshit. Yeah. Like it just would have been better. But whatever. Like Raw was what it was. I just don't know how they're gonna fill this up for the next three weeks. Because you, 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 you're gonna try to as long as they pre-tape to, matches, they'll be all right. We'll see if they do that. It's just as long as you build towards whatever you're trying to do at WrestleMania, because you haven't done a good job of that. Yeah, maybe it'll be okay, but whatever. I think, and we'll get to NXT right now. But um, I I think taking a week to say, let's breathe, shits come at us quick, right? Like let's use. Royal Rumble match, let's use this, let's use that, to just fucking buy ourselves some time and figure out how we can pre-tape matches and go into this was smart. They they Each brand took a week reprieve. Like, yo, this is just a time out. And then let's, you know, actually film matches to take us through this. So as long as they're doing that, I'm okay. You don't have to bring people live every week. If shit leaks, fuck it, shit leaks. We have nothing else to watch. Yeah. So if you want to go and read spoilers, sure. If you want to stay in the dark, even better. You ain't got shit else to do on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. We're going to be watching. So if it leaks, the hell with it. Pre-tape the stuff. Um, rolling into NXT. NXT had one regular show from the PC with actual fans. I thought that was okay. And then 
they had all promos this week building the feuds out to nothing because there's no takeover. But they were going over the feuds again. You don't like this build to the current feuds, right? No. And I, or you don't like the feuds. I don't like the feuds because I felt like they've pivoted on whatever they were going to plan. Like, whatever they had planned. Because when Balor came back, Balor was after the title. And he turned on Gargano. Ciampa was going after the gold. Gargano was going after the gold. Um, going after Cole. Then Dream comes back. And it's like they completely pivoted on everything. And they went, dove right into this Dream Cole program. Because I guess they figured, well, we have to pull the trigger now. And what ends up happening is you go back to the Ciampa um, Gargano program, which is exhausting now. And now you got Balor and Walter in a match for reasons unknown, even though it sounds like a great match. It's just like the way that it's all come together has just been really strange. The bros are always being the tag champions. If they're going to, if the plan was a few with the Undisputed Era, why? Because um, it looks like you got the young Grizzle veterans as well, but they just kind of show up. They don't even really do anything. Yeah. So it's like I'm looking at and what could have been NXT TakeOver, and I'm like, I don't know, man. For whatever reason, with all the criticism that I had about NXT and not telling stories in their mid-card and all that stuff, is actually happening in NXT right now. They're not telling good stories. And um, well, they're they're telling decent stories. They don't they're retelling stories, which is a problem. They're telling them well, it's just the same stories again. It's just I, I don't understand. Why? Okay. So I just go right into it. So the Gargano Ciampa package was this week. And I watched it on Hulu, which meant there was nothing else but that package. This is the only thing they show on NXT and Hulu is that one hour's worth of Gargano Ciampa. Really? And I'm watch- yeah. And I'm watching okay. it. And I'm going, why is Gargano the heel again? Because it doesn't make sense. As they're explaining this to me. I'm completely baffled because the first 30 minutes of this is all about Ciampa <laughs> beating up on Gargano, turning on him, and, you know, being a piece of shit, basically. You know, and, like, yeah. and then the second half, they, they kind of touch on, they was talking about daddy's home. Well, shit, man. It's, you know, it's been all this time. I just, I, there's no way I can watch this feud and go, yeah, man, I'm signing with Ciampa. It doesn't make sense. And this, the video package yeah. just made it worse for me. Because if you didn't give me all this into a one-hour program to try to convince me that Gargano's the heel, I probably I might have been okay with it. I still saw holes in this feud because it's been going on for way too long. But then when you try to explain it to me while it's like, oh, it's like 50-50. And they, no, it's not. Ciampa's been the asshole for the vast majority of this feud. <laughs> yeah, everything besides like maybe f- three months. And even, and even then, it's like, okay, so... The thing is, okay, Gargano turned on Ciampa when Ciampa had his chance to get the title, right? But Ciampa did that to Gargano. When Cia- yeah. when Gargano had his last match against Andrade, and if he lost, he would have been out of NXT. And then Ciampa ran in and hit him with the, with the the crutch. Then Gargano, like you, f- and then they had the nerve for Ciampa to say, "Well, I gave you your moment when I came in after." No, you didn't. You interrupted his career match. So I was like baffled because I'm like, yeah, Gargano should get his back. But then the, the other strange part about it is you're doing this entire video package talking about DIY, and then you completely like, I don't even know why they did DIY at Worlds Collide now. I, I don't know. Like to kind of soften to soften up Champa. I just feel a- like, I feel like this. If there was any feud that deserved a double turn in the middle of the match, like Bret Hart and Stone Cold, it's this one. 
This is yeah. a this is a, a this is a double turn that could happen in the middle of the match because they're good enough to do it, and there's reason to believe like because if you remember with Brett and Austin, Brett was a goody two shoes and Austin was the dirt bag, but people slowly started siding with Austin. They planted those seeds. With Gargano, yeah. Ciampa's the dirt bag, but now that he's tried to find the silver lining and being like, you know what, let me square up. I, you know, maybe I shouldn't have did all this crazy shit to Gargano. I'm not gonna apologize, but fuck it. This is what it is. And then Gargano goes through all the heel tactics in the match to complete the double turn. You could do that without telling me what they're going to do. Just do it. But they they were headed towards that. Right? So you get Gargano finally winning. Ciampa coming out in the neck brace. He kisses Gargano on the forehead. You think he's going to fuck him up? No. Ciampa, okay. He's coming back. Oh, okay. He feels like a little bit better. He's, he's turning over a new leaf. And then you have... Gargano is the champion. Ciampa had never lost the belt. It was due to injury that he vacated the belt. So Ciampa would have come back, said, you know what? I never lost it. I just need another chance. Johnny, you know I deserve this. Cool. They would have wrestled. Johnny would have turned in the middle of the match, beat the shit out of Ciampa. Boom. There goes your double turn. It would happen in the middle of the match. Except Ciampa gets hurt again. That shit is scrapped again. And then Ciampa comes back against Adam Cole, and he's already a babyface. So you can't even turn him. He so, didn't come back as a heel, and that's what fucked it up. It was the seeds were planting for the exact scenario you had mentioned. But he came back, he was a babyface off rip, and you're like, fuck, all right, we're here. Where they made a mistake is they went right back to the board and said, we want to finish this. The time had passed. That, that's my problem. Like it <laughs> the, feel, the time had passed. It feels Rap. like because after after uh, Royal Rumble and Worlds Collide, we had a show and I talked about are they going to go Fatal Four Way because Balor's after the title. Balor yep. beat Gargano. Champa mm-hmm. didn't clean up against Cole, and now yep. in Gargano's involved. I was like, this feels like it could be a Fatal Four Way because there's four people that have a legitimate claim to that title, right? Yep. Balor and Balor, you do the the turn during that match. Well. I don't know. I don't know where you do it at because, again... The like, time had passed. You're, yeah. you're forcing the double turn now. Yeah, when like, the guy's already a baby face. Yeah, you're, you're forcing, forcing it. it. Like, if you did a fatal yeah. four-way, everybody has a claim to the gold. And that's what they're all after is the gold. There's, there's yep. side feuds and all that shit, but there, there's a claim to the gold. So you kind of table those feuds to get the title. And I think one way to do it, I mean, it hasn't happened in a long, long time, but a fatal four-way elimination match, not the first pinfall wins. You have to eliminate everybody. Or a ladder okay. match, or whatever, whatever you do. But as soon as Dream comes back, you throw all that shit out the window that you were just doing, and you go into a Dream and Cole match where, if you really think about it, as great as that that move was at, in the Steel Cage match, there's really no juice in that feud. There's no real rivalry. They never no. established one. Well, they injured Cole, but they injured. Uh, excuse me, they injured Dream. But they injured Dream as a crew, right? Exactly. So that this like so it, I understood the heat with Roddy, but maybe he's he's upset because Cole is the the ringleader and they injured him and he's the ringleader. I, again, it it is a little forced. It, it All just, the storylines are. Yeah, Keith it, Lee is forced back into this triple threat. Where it's like, give me someone else, anyone else, it, it's for baffling. him to be. It's truly bad, but ultimately we'll get. It, it should have been Keith Lee versus Walter if we're being, if we're keeping it a buck. If we're keeping it a buck, that is the way you could have gone because <laughs> North, those two North American hosts. champion, UK champion, me versus like you, that. face versus heel, horse versus. It should have been that. 
Like, fuck titles. I'm champ here. You're champ there. Who's the better champ of what continent? Fuck your belt. Fuck my belt. Let's go at it. Yeah, like, that's that's such a simple story to tell for me. And that's, that's and I feel like, yeah, if you want to get to dream and call, I don't think you have to do it right now. Because now you're pushing it. Because now it's like, yeah. now you got to establish a storyline and a narrative. And you just blew off everything that you had been putting together while dream was gone. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they'll do from this point. Maybe they'll end up doing Gargano and Cole at WrestleMania? Because it feels like I can't drag this shit out any longer. Just, like, end this shit. We'll see. Unless they do a takeover. Unless they anticipate it blowing over. And we don't know with coronavirus, right? Like, who the fuck knows? But if they feel like this can keep going, this format of doing empty, you know, empty arena PC shows, and they just say, we're going to do a takeover in the beginning of May. Because they can't do Saudi Arabia anymore. Not until this is done. So if they're like, yo, we do Mania in April, move TakeOver to May to give us, or at the end of April, to replace Saudi Arabia. And you guys just got to fucking build this for another five weeks. Tough. That is a tough ask. But, I mean, you got to make up for that, right? Saudi was penciled. You can't go to Saudi now. That's that's going to get postponed because they're not missing the bag. But you can't do it when it's supposed to be doing so. It's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, talking about AEW to wrap up stuff, though. And they did the empty arena. And they kind of did what NXT did the week prior. So people were comparing this week's NXT to this week's AEW. No, the, the first NXT post-corona show that was kind of thrown off was the week before. And NXT did quite well. This week, they went with all promos. AEW now did their first. And I also thought they did very well for an episode arguably the best episode yet dude that was it i was surprised because i was like i don't know what they're gonna do um the the you know bringing Brody lee in as the exalted okay with that yep. great great i mean they even handled it not well. sure how that's gonna work out though I, that that promo he cut i, I was like, eh, okay uh, like I mean, i'm excited to see him there but that shit wasn't it wasn't I don't know. It wasn't Bray Wyatt groundbreaking. I'm not following him, but it's cool. Whatever. No, nah, we'll, I, I we'll don't see. mean. We'll it, see how. We'll give it time. Brody can wrestle. Give it time. That's the one thing that we know. Now that, it's like that's the key. But he's yeah. with a group that's very character driven. Exactly. He has to be the ringleader of a character driven crew. He he didn't come in like a uh, fuck. What's the old boy from New Japan that just came in with Jake the Snake? Oh, Lance Archer. Lance Archer, he came in in a character that's like, okay, you just got to come in and wrestle. They did a cool little promo for him, right? Just being the shit out of hill, hillbillies. Cool. His character's built around wrestling. Brody Lee, they built your character uh, around a guy who has to talk. Your crew's been talking a lot. You got to cut these promos. I really didn't feel the first one, but there's time. We'll see. You know, I, I'm, I don't know either. But um, between that, uh, Matt Hardy showing up, which was great. That's great. Uh, Great. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, he's old. Yeah, yeah, okay. But we all know that his best Fuck work it. was the whole delete Matt Hardy. And everybody yeah. was on that bandwagon. If they bring that back, whatever he's doing is going to be fun. That's fine. What's crazy is, is I, I mean, we didn't watch Impact as closely as, like, our boy Justin Ivey. Shout out to group chat. Um, did. But one thing I do remember is he wasn't, like, very rarely it was maybe him and Jeff in the main main event picture for a second. But a lot of the work he did wasn't in the main event picture. Right. It was, like, right under that. If they can do that, if he's another auxiliary character under the two main feuds, 
It's golden. And exactly. I, a lot of people were complaining, like, oh, he's coming in. You're going to push him to the top. I didn't see any push yet. Mm-mm. He made a splash. He's going to be an extra guy because uh, one of, uh, what, the young bucks are at home because his wife is pregnant. So, yeah. cool. He comes in. He's the extra splash. I, I like that. And his first feud after that can be a feud with Ty Dillinger. Or whatever, Sean Spears, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Sean Spears, and that could be a secondary feud. You can do these little cool things. He doesn't have to be champion. He's not going to be in the championship picture. He just wants to get his shit off somewhere in the mid card. Yeah, I don't I'm see with it. it. Like, if they put him in and they immediately put him in a title match, I'd, be, I'd complain. But yeah, you need. I don't see it. This He's a mid card guy. Yeah. He's a perfect. He wasn't even guy. asking WWE to be pushed to no. the top. He was like, just let me get my shit off anywhere on the mid-card. Like, let me said, have fun. Like, that's all. Like, that's Daniel it. Bryan right now that's just it. wants to have fun. He ain't here to be the that's champion it. anymore. He just wants to have fun. No. Let him do his job. Hardy's not fun. here for a title. He ain't here to be champion. Let me just have fun. Let me yeah. go against Brody Lee, the exalted one in that crew, and let's have some weird fucking Hardy compound shit against the Colt. And you know what? They'll beat me in the end. But so what? Let's have some fun in between. Yeah, so I'm totally fine with that. The best part about it, though, watching this was the crowd. MJF, uh, like this was this was this was hilarious. M- like MJF is incredible as a heckler. Sammy Guevara singing oh, the God. theme song was off key and barely any of the lyrics. That's me. Sammy channeled inner me. I, I loved it. Um, the only person I didn't like still is Jack Swagger. That motherfucker's creative player too. What is that outfit? He does nothing. He does You're nothing. Right, You're right. Like, he added nothing. Everyone else is doing dope shit. He added nothing. Yeah, like, I, was, I wasn't I was as, you know, I wasn't as down on Jack Swagger, Jake Hager signing as everybody else. But as the time has progressed, like, I, I just watched him. I'm like, yeah, I didn't give a shit about you in WWE. I don't give a shit about you here. No, still don't but, give a shit about you here. Uh, Wardlow kind of getting swatted off by Arn Anderson. I don't understand. Um, yeah, that was weird too. Ward, Wardlow has to grow a bigger pair of nuts and, and actually do something. And my only other beef is, again, this corona shit. Understand, people are like, oh, people still go to work at Walmart. Why can't these wrestlers be around each other and work? Okay, I counted 60 different people in this fucking venue. If you want to go 50 and below, that, that wasn't it, right? So they pushed the limits. Cody cut a promo beginning with, like, yo, we're not stopping our stuff. So, again, we are self-quarantining we know how beneficial this is aw just said fuck that so let's not ignore this it it is a thing they said fuck self-quarantine fuck the rules limiting people we own this place we're gonna do what we want whatever as long as everyone comes to grips with that cool beans i come to grips with it if half the roster ends up sick i'm not gonna feel bad for anyone fuck it you guys deserved it but in the meantime i'm gonna enjoy this entertainment with that being said though like you you see what they had, there's some unnecessary parts to that. You don't need Jake the Snake. You don't need Arn Anderson. You don't need JR. These people are not 50s. They're not Goldbergs. They're not Undertaker. They're 60, 70 years old. You had a four-man announced crew. Do you need JR? No. You're putting people whose age is very high in a very at-risk situation, and that I don't like, because again, it takes one person to pop, and if you're one person that pops, is a 65-year-old, and they have to go in the hospital, you are fucked. I, dude, I totally agree with this, because if you're stopping the NBA, you're stopping UFC, you're stopping boxing, 
I know, like, people are like, oh, you know, let the show go on. It's too risky, man. And if, if you're going to run the risk, if you're determined to run the risk, which AEW and WWE clearly are, I think you need to take precautions with your older talent. And, yeah, Cody, eh, if he wants to do it, cool. His, it's his company. Fine. If they want to run out there. But, yeah, Jake and JR, nah, maybe you guys can get paid to stay home. I don't need to see you there. It's not necessary. But, you know, Sammy Guevara, fine. You want to work? Cool. Arn Anderson, don't really need you. I don't think they needed no. a full house for this show. But it's, you know, they're doing it on both sides. WWE had a PC with at least 50 people. And hardly anybody worked. And, you know, if the excuse is, well, they didn't work. The fact of the matter, who cares? As long as you're in close proximity with each other. Like, Kevin Durant has coronavirus. He didn't play a fucking game. He just was there in the presence of it. So I think you want to limit the exposure. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. To that point, at least yeah, to the older people, like shit, like some people are not necessary. What is Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake adding in the crowd? Nothing, right? Nothing. It's okay. We could have been fine. Jr. It was a four-man team. You're good. You don't need him to be there. So I, I that was to me that was the epitome of recklessness it's, and if it comes back to bite them in their ass and we don't have AEW in two weeks i'm not going to feel bad for them i wanted to continue they took unnecessary there's a boundary you can push that's cool you entertained us it was a great match they are now flirting with the dangerous end of that boundary both companies are both are wwe i at least feel like taking a week too off wwe say fuck it if we're going to pop and we're going to make people sick and we're going to do something we're going to use that on Wrestlemania yeah. and we're going to at least get our one big ass show off AEW said fuck it we're going to use this on the first week but I think it doesn't matter Like whether, again that's my problem with it because the moment that those guys show up you're putting them at risk so n- both parties are culpable because it's like if you're putting like if I invite everybody over to my house right now and everybody's drinking and having a good time, and I happen to just be I come downstairs and breathe the air. I'm not susceptible to mm-hmm. coronavirus, and that's exactly what both these companies are doing. Because once you put them all in the room, wrestling or not, they're exposing each other. Like the way we're giving people shit about being in Florida on the beach like a bunch of idiots is the same thing. Because you're putting them in a contained situation, and all they gotta do is sneeze or breathe, and they're fucked. It's over. So both parties are guilty here. I just think that both sides need really consider it because, like, Vince is old as fuck. I keep saying this. If Vince is there at these things, man, send his ass home. Just send him home. Does he really need to be there? Yeah. JR worries me a ton. JR doesn't look like in the the best of health. No, it's just, I don't don't need, it's it's on both sides. Like, AEW's doing it because they don't have a WrestleMania right now. They're they're just doing it, and they're going to continue to work. WWE is doing the same thing. Those guys are going to work. Like, Edge drove 17 hours to cut that promo. He could have did that shit remotely. No. It's, so it would be interesting to see how they kind of play this out going forward. I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be at least another week of pro wrestling, right? We'll be back next week with three more shows. Make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter, at the corner podcast underscore me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. We appreciate you guys. 
Can't wait until next week. Three more shows. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Until then, we're out. Peace. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.